From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for June 3rd, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week by my good friends, Teresa Eccles, Kathy Whirling, Walter Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll tell you about the new Treehouse Villas at Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort. Julie Martin has a report on the baby stations at Walt Disney World theme parks. This week, she focuses on Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. And Kevin Close has his review of the Turf Club at Saratoga Springs. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, we have another uh, marathon housekeeping uh, to go through. I've got three, four, five, six things that we have to cover in housekeeping. Um, first and foremost, I uh, have to discuss the very, 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 very exciting news Walter and I got uh, this past week. Uh, those of you who are following uh, me on Facebook know about this already. Those who are not, you're finding out now. Um, you've heard me talk on the show a number of times about how uh, how much I have wanted to go to Australia. Uh, it's been a lifelong dream of mine. What we found out last week, we are finally and in fact going. It's booked. My airfare is booked. There's a lot of popping going on. There's here. all sorts of stuff going on here. <laughs> I told Corey, I'm like, I need to open this, but I know it's going to pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, Walter and I will be gone. For three weeks wow. at the end of summer. Yay. Uh, yay. It's very exciting. We um, actually uh, had been approached by Adventures by Disney, and it was kind of funny. And uh, Initially, uh, it seemed uh, I had mis- misinterpreted an email, and I was under the impression that uh, they were wanted us to take this trip, the Australia Adventures by Disney trip, in exchange for reviewing it on the show. And... Uh, I was tortured for about a week, and you know, I, you know, can I really do that? You know, we have a policy, a very strict policy that I follow, that we don't review anything on the show that we don't pay for, and so you know, I was damn near in tears, having to tell Disney, "Sorry, thank you for the offer, but we can't can't accept." Um, only to find out that that was not ever part of the. Uh, thing they want, they just you know, uh, you know, they do want Dreams Unlimited Travel to sell. Adventures by Disney, and I am being comped this trip uh, for that. But uh, there was no quid pro quo that we do anything with it on the show, so I will not be reviewing it on the show. Um, just to let everybody know, but uh, I'm going anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I love you guys, but uh, so three weeks, three weeks in Australia. It's the trip of a lifetime. It is. I mean, really, Corey and I, we had ours, and we'll never have that again. I'm sure. So it's I'm so glad that the cruise, we yeah. guys went on, yeah. mm-hmm. That's what we feel about our Italy trip. No, yep. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're doing it again. It's the first of a lifetime. And yes. That's how they position these. There's, first a, there's a, a Paris trip out there. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, you're gone. John's in charge of the podcast? I am. That's right. John. You know what that means, don't you? When the cat's away, the mice will play. Uh, no prizes, and it's all about me for three weeks. <laughs> and you have to do all the laundry. Oh, no. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, what was even cooler, though, is, um, you know, I was looking at the airfare, and 
they're doing some like really really good airfare Qantas's right now going from Los Angeles uh, to Australia. I mean, you can get like eight hundred dollars round trip, but uh, that's in coach, and there is no way I'm putting my fat behind in a coach seat for twenty one hours. It's just not going to happen. I just couldn't do it. So I was looking at premium economy, business class would have been like thirty two grand for the two of us round trip in business class. So that was out of the question. But premium economy was gonna be about sixty five hundred round trip for the two of us. Still expensive, don't get me wrong, but considering that I'm not paying for the Adventures by Disney trip, which is about ten grand, um, you know, I figure okay, we'll spend that money on on uh, on airfare. Turns out the the flight from Los Angeles to Brisbane that we're on doesn't have premium economy, so we get put in uh, business class. <laughs> so we get a sleeper seat going down. So you're basically flying for two days, you know, 21 it's hours. It's 21 hours, yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's like, I think it's like, day. I think it's like 14 hours, 14 or 15 hours going to Brisbane, and then we have a three-hour layover, and then a two-and-a-half-hour flight, I think it is, from Brisbane to Cairns. So do you lose time or are you gaining time? Which I have no it? earthly idea. I have not yet figured out the whole, what time is it in Australia? Okay. Is it today? Is it yesterday? But that's why we're actually going down a few days early, so in hopes to like at least get a little jump on the jet lag. Uh, I want to know where you're going to buy the whole suit made out of a nicotine patch. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be pretty if you're 14 hours and not smoking. Oh, I've got my I've got my plan. I get my nicotrol inhaler and you're going to open a window, smoking, and yeah. stick one in each nose, <laughs> crack a window, each nostril. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Oh uh, yeah! As soon as we get off that plane in Brisbane, I'll be making a beeline through customs. <laughs> hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry we up. should warn the other people. Uh, what's the date of your trip? Um, actually, the date of the uh, uh, Adventures by Disney trip itself is September fifth through the fourteenth. It's a ten-day, nine-night uh, uh, trip that goes uh, do the Great Barrier Reef. We go through the rainforest. We go to some like Aboriginal outback. Camp. We go into the outback. They we go, go to, to the outback Rock. in the outback. <gasps> How exciting is that? <laughs> Actually, yeah, they do a whole like a whole. Uh, I know you whole. can get a blooming onion in Australia. <laughs> oh, I saw crocodile Dundee on over the weekend, and I'm like, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look on Facebook, and you'll see it too. <laughs> I saw the picture in the making. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're really uh, we're really excited. We're now really, I'm going to really, really do shameless plug. There are still spaces on this adventure. So if you want to go with Pete Werner to Australia, contact Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and he could probably get you into that adventure. It's very expensive. It's extremely expensive. expensive. It really is. I mean, I would never really be able to afford this. And it's hard to do if a it was. Uh, thing. Yeah, if it was going to be. Uh, so if you have seventeen grand, just lean around. Yeah, really. Call me. Actually, the next two seats ne- uh, in, in business class next to us are open too. So. <laughs> Qantas Flight 16 going out of uh, Los Angeles on the 31st. 16? I've never heard of a Flight 16. It's normally like 7218 or something. So, <laughs> and we're really excited. I just, I'm, cool. I've been, just been crazy. So, um, hoping to meet some of our listeners down in Australia, some of our Aussie listeners. Um, actually, we're going to be spending about a week in Sydney at the end of this trip. So, we're hoping to get together with some of you in that area or those that can make it into Sydney. That would be the week of September 14th through the 21st. We're going to be in Sydney. So it'll be so much fun. So 
With that out of the way, we have a few other things. Can I tag on to the end of that housekeeping? Sure. The Adventures by Disney trip that we announced, the Backstage Magic Tour, is April, full. Is full. We are packed. We still have someone on the wait list who's plotting. <laughs> we have asked them to hold the next adventure after that one. Yep. So if we get 40 people who are interested, we will do another adventure, and it will be with us again. We're not just going to send you on your way. Right. No, we'll, we'll, we'll stay out there and do it again. We'll stay out We'll there suffer through again. having to do two trips to the, uh, the store in uh, – at the archives. I'm sure that's going to give them a great deal of pity for us. Yeah, really. We're willing to stay and go again. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the podcast crews. I know there were a number of people that were unable to, because of the timing of the next one being in December, a number of people are unable to attend uh, that. <laughs> that was Ferris. It was not. <laughs> Ferris has learned how to blow raspberries. Um, so uh, I've been I've been thinking about you know ways to plan something for those people who cannot attend Podcast Cruise 2.0 next December. So we have been talking with Royal Caribbean and Universal about the possibility of doing something with them. I had posted a poll on the podcast board last week. Just to take, you see what the interest was. Needless to say, the interest was extraordinary. Far more than I thought. People getting ready to book on their own and all this other stuff, which was like, no, 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 hold on. We don't even have a date set yet. Um, so we are going to be planning for July of next year, tentatively right now. Um, I don't have exact dates, but it will be mid-July of next year to do something with Royal Caribbean and Universal. Uh, on there because they're doing these land sea packages now and so we will have we're in the process of, of working with them to secure group space to get pricing to figure out all the details one of the cool things about this is Harry Potter Island or the Wizarding World of Harry Potter will be open then uh, I have that on very good authority that it will definitely be open by July of next year so we're definitely going to have to plan a party in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Got to do something cool there as part of this. So that's something that will be coming up. Um, we just talked about the California Backstage Magic, uh, the, the Adventures by Disney trip uh, being booked, but we're also doing um, on the 20th of June at 9 a.m. with the, in conjunction with the Disney Institute, we're doing a behind-the-scenes tour at Disneyland. Uh, it's $129.00. Uh, we are now taking uh, reservations for that. We'll include a link to that on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Just want to let everybody know this is not something you can book independently on your own. This has to be a sponsored trip. Uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel is the sponsor of this trip uh, or this uh, tour. So if you want to uh, join us, uh, Walter and Teresa and Max and I and my mom, will be there along with a number of other uh, Dizzers. I know a lot of people have already signed up. What's the limit? The limit is uh, 40 on this particular tour, but if that fills up, we're going to start uh, booking uh, for the an afternoon tour. Uh, this tour runs from 9 to 12.30, I believe, and they're willing to do another tour from 1 to 4.30. So uh, if this one fills up, we're just going to open up the 12.30 slot or the 1 o'clock slot and let people start booking that. So 
it's $129, 16 years of age and older only. Um, theme park admission is not required or included with that. We actually don't go into the parks. This is all done backstage. So it's uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Again, this is uh, through the Disney Institute. Very excited to see what they've come up with for this tour. Um, and this is the first time ever for a backstage magic tour at Disneyland. This will be the first uh, group, uh, first non-Disney group taking this particular tour. They've been doing it with some cast members to tweak and adjust it. And uh, this will be the first one being done uh, by an outside group. So, And it's the first time in 54 years that they are doing these structured backstage tours making these available to people so we're real excited about it speaking of Disneyland uh, this Friday we'll have a Disneyland show up Uh, this show goes up uh, our discussion show will go up on Wednesday email show on Thursday and we have a special Disneyland show with a lot of content that's been submitted by our Disneyland correspondents uh, Wendy Bell Nancy Johnson and Tony Spatel and we'll be uh, including a lot of that in this Friday's Disneyland show, so be sure to check that out. And finally, I want to welcome, she's not here with us, unfortunately, but like to welcome the newest member to the Diz team. Leah Zanola is now, uh, has now been hired to take over as senior editor on the Diz. She's going to be responsible for manage, helping us manage the content on the Diz. She's got a great background in uh, journalism and uh, really excited to have her on board and uh, you'll be hearing more about her in the weeks and months to come and eventually she'll be here on the show. I posted that on Facebook and there's a lot of people that want her job. (laughs) (laughs) They're gunning for you, Leah. So, all right, anything else... uh, that ended up not being as long as uh, I thought it was going to be. I've got a couple things. We just, oh, now it's going to now. Surprises. Now here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We received a uh, box in our mailbox, and it was a box of chocolates, uh, Bissinger chocolates. They were really good. We opened really, them really good Bissinger yeah. chocolates. Corey and Julie were a little late, so we opened them already <laughs> before the show started. From Mike Mullen. So we want to thank Mike for that. He is Big Moon Mullen on the boards. Is he really? Would I lie to you? How large is his moon? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? We also received a very nice letter from um, Clam Chowder on the boards. Who is? Karen. Little Moon. What's her? Her name on the boards is Clam Chowder. Clam Chowder. Her first name is Karen. Gotcha. <laughs> um, it's a very long letter. So Are I you can't... having a stroke? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very long letter, so I won't read it on the air, but it's very, very nice thanking us and, and just being very, very, very supportive. So we appreciate that. It's very nice. Thank you for that, Karen. And thank you, Mike, for the chocolates. We appreciate it. What else do we have? Did you want to do that in housekeeping? Yeah, we'll do it okay. in a second. Prizes? Oh, okay, sure. Um, I have the April winner, Julia Castile. Just so happens she's from Louisiana. I swear it was not fixed, not rigged. Okay. <laughs> Um, she chose number 23. Number 23. You have won. Tickets for two to Cirque du Soleil's La Nuba at Downtown Disney. You and a guest will enjoy one of the most popular shows at Walt Disney World, the world-famous La Nuba. Reservations are required to attend the show, and some restrictions do apply. 
The approximate retail value of your prize is $140. Yours courtesy of the vacation specialists at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com and your friends at the Diz Unplugged. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. I hope she is not afraid of scary French clowns. <laughs> yeah, freakish, freakish French clowns. Um, our May winner is Belinda Jones. I haven't gotten in touch with her yet, but I wanted to say that on air so she can be excited and get in touch with me if she wants. <laughs> yeah, also, I have to uh, I have to pick. I forgot to do it this week, but I promise this coming week I'm going to pick three winners uh, off the reviews uh, area of the Diz. If you enter a review on our reviews area, you are in the running to get picked randomly for a shot at the prize matron. So... That's reviews.wdwinfo.com. Just log in with your disboards.com information, and you're good to go. So great. Anything else? That's all. Now, Teresa got a very interesting voicemail yesterday from, she just hands me her phone. Uh, but that freakish picture you have as your screen. Oh, God. That's Helga. weird. She's my assistant. Yeah. Well... She needs clarifying lotion. She got, uh, Teresa got a very interesting phone call yesterday, a voicemail yesterday from the Orange County public school system. And this is dedicated to all of you out there listening who uh, make light of my stay out of the damn lakes commentary. Good evening. This is a message from the Orange County public schools in conjunction with the Orange County Health Department. This summer, the Orange County Health Department is reminding families about the risk of amoebas in lakes, ponds, rivers, and poorly maintained and chlorinated pools. Remember, amoeba can live in any fresh water anywhere. Amoeba can cause a rare but life-threatening disease by entering the human body through the nose and traveling to the brain. The only known way to prevent amoebic infections is to avoid fresh water during the hot summer months. You may be able to reduce your risk of infection by holding your nose shut or using a nose clip when skiing, wakeboarding, tubing, or enjoying any water-related activity. Get medical attention immediately if you develop a headache, fever, stiff neck, become confused, and start vomiting after being in fresh water. For more information, go to orchd.com. Enjoy the summer. Just be safe. Didn't she used to do the Psychic Friends Network? <laughs> that is one of the weirdest accents I've ever heard in my life. Call me now. I like how she calls it amoeba. It's like the Bahamas or something. That's like, a weird accent. Yeah, I would say before the amoebas. She's like, the amoeba. The amoeba. <laughs> There's one big one. <laughs> so, see, folks, it's not just me. Even the Orange County public school system is calling people and basically saying, stay out of the damn lakes. Call me now, folks. <laughs> Tobin. <laughs> I know. That's what I had to think about. I'll give you a dollar if you hold your nose closed while you're water skiing. Want to go Tobin? <laughs> Come on. 
can make fun of anybody. <laughs> no one's safe. No one is safe. Nothing is sacred. All right, folks, that'll do it for housekeeping. We're going to get started with the news. Our first, actually, we'll have two news stories this week that I'm going to talk about. The first is, according to the Associated Press, a California woman who fell off a tram at Disneyland and suffered a serious head injury in 2007 has settled the lawsuit with Disney. The 48-year-old claimed in her suit that the tram driver was speeding, which caused her to fall from the tram and hit her head. She suffered traumatic brain injury as a result of the fall and was in a coma for three weeks. Disney has disputed the claim, stating that the parking lot trams cannot travel more than 11 miles an hour. Settlement was reached after a two-week trial on the matter was about to wrap up just before attorneys gave their closing arguments. Disney stated only that they were glad the matter was settled and that safety remains their top priority. And I, I got to tell you, I know, I've seen, you know, if you've seen those trams, in order for you to fall out of one of them at Disneyland, you got to be standing up or doing something. If you're just sitting down and that, that uh, tram takes a turn, there's no way you're coming out of that. I'm sorry. There's just no way. But, again, I don't know. Next I mean, the woman, was, the woman was seriously hurt, so, and I, from what I understand, she's actually, uh, you know, she's, like, not okay. Yeah. So, but. So when they say keep your kids on the inside yeah. of those benches, please do that. Or stay seated or yeah. any of those precautions. They're for your own good. They're not just blowing smoke. But, uh. I'm sure she got a pretty decent settlement out of them because I, I thought it was interesting that the trial had been going on for two weeks and it was just as the trial was getting ready to wrap up, Disney said, all right, let's settle this. I think they were, so the handwriting on the wall, I guess they didn't feel they were going to win. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't feel they were going to win the uh, Or something came to light. The lawsuit, yeah. Change things. So, irrespective, let's, we hope that uh, the woman ultimately is all right. Although, like I said, I think she's in pretty bad shape from what I understand. So, And the other news story this week is the newest Disney Pixar film, Up, which was released last weekend, is the latest in a long string of hits for Disney and Pixar. The film made nearly $70 million in its opening weekend and opened to rave reviews from both critics and fans. The story focuses on the life of a widower, voiced by Ed Asner, who attaches balloons to his house in an effort to fly away and start a new life in South America. Along with Asner, other voice talent in the film includes Jordan Nagai, Bob Peterson, Christopher Plummer, Delroy Lindo, and John Ratzenberger. Huge hit. They're it was just good. Getting great reviews. Yeah. Teresa went to see 50 it. bucks of that $70 million was mine. <laughs> did you see 3D or did you do the regular? No, we went to the regular one. The 3D one was too late. But it was good. We enjoyed it. It's been getting unbelievable reviews. The New York Times was a little uh, iffy on it. That was the only one I read. I read like five or six different reviews, and the New York Times was the only one I thought was a little iffy. The rest of them were all raves. But this is now the tenth film in a row. That's a that's a blockbuster hit out of the gate. I mean, it's amazing how they how are they doing this? You know, how are they managing to this formula is almost foolproof. I mean, one could say, you know, three or four. They got lucky, but after 10, no, this is, there's a formula that works here, and it's been working now for how many years? 20 years. They've gone back to the story. Entertainment Weekly did a really great article on it, and it pretty much said that, you know, we take all the gimmicks aside and all the anything else aside, it comes down to storytelling. Mm-hmm. It does. And there was a message, you know, if you listen, there's there was a message in it, which I thought was good, you know. Teresa, did you say it was a tad depressing for very young children? Stella, several p- 
points in the movie had her head down and wasn't watching. But she's sensitive to animals getting injured and stuff like that. So, oh, so I'm going to cry. Yo, oh, yeah, I was openly weeping at several spots. Well, okay. oh, a shot. you openly weep when the <laughs> so pizza guy comes. <laughs> it's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, Look, she's I don't have to cook. <laughs> she's weeping right now. Going <laughs> tubing <and> later. <laughs> you got to hold on and hold your nose. <laughs> well, every time I see the preview now, because of what you said, John, I just think it's John. It's it really John. is. I'm, they, I'm He's not hooking them. enough no. into the house. That guy was so much nicer than. Wow. <laughs> 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 Old fat curmudgeon who wears glasses who doesn't want to leave his house. <laughs> it's my life story. <laughs> Don't look at me. No. Oh, it just it it, it really uh, you know it's just it's spectacular that they keep pumping out these hits one after another after another, and you can't even say that one is like one is like another one. Mm-mm. I mean, they're all so unique in every regard. It's uh, it's amazing. You owe it all to John Lasseter. He yeah. has he has picked the writers. He's picked the story. They increase their animation skills with every movie. They're also not following. And I please, I'm, this is not a slam against Disney. They're not following the princess mold. This is not another young girl who meets a handsome man and gets a castle. Right. That's coming later this year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is that princess? Uh, Tiana. They've changed her name. She's Tiana. Tiana. What was it before? Princess Maddie. That's right. I forgot about that. Because there's this ridiculous crap that that, that was a racist name. Maddie? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Okay, I know a little white girl named Maddie. My, mother's name, is, my mother's name is Madeline. They, uh, according to the article, one of our readers, um, Challer, posted on the boards um, that the name was it. considered racist because it sounded too much like Mammy. Holy... <sighs> Oh, Lord. Wow. Well, that was only one of the criticisms of the movie that they haven't seen yet. Well, yeah. Stella's racist every time she calls me mommy. It's too much like mammy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to deal with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> send, send her to sensitivity training. Okay. Now, that's... Uh, yeah. You just... It's, it's after a while you just think to yourself, you know what? I am glad, though, honestly. I am glad that... They're finally, come, they finally come up with a black princess. It has always been the dream is for white girls, white girls with blonde hair, basically. Um, Looks like a cute story too. It I've does. Seen the it does, and I think that- I used to teach kindergarten, and I had a multiracial kindergarten, and I think that's an adult thing. I think that's something adults put on children. It doesn't matter what color the little princess is. Little girls identify with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not until adults foist that crap mm-hmm. onto children that they notice. To little girls, putting a t-shirt over your head, all of a sudden you have long blonde hair. You are the princess. All of a sudden, you put a couple of desks together and stick one of their little sleep mats on top that of may, it, and that's you know, a castle. That, that may be true, but I, I, I still think there's something important with... <clears throat> kids seeing a figure that they can relate to on multiple levels. Right. I agree. And, I agree. You know, I think when, you know, Barack Obama became president, I think there's now a generation of young black children that's you know, that can say, yeah, now it really is possible. You know, before that it was theoretical. 
they'd never seen they they they've been told it could happen but it's only been theoretical now they see it and i think that it can only do good um whether it's you know it's not it's not a panacea it's just it's you know it can only do good so i think that it's a you know positive role models um that children can identify with on multiple levels beyond just the the front of a story i think is always a good thing that's just my opinion though so, all right. Well, that will do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to Rapid Fire. Who would like to go first? I will. <laughs> Just like, don't all jump at once. I was waiting for Julie. I'm Rapid Fireless. She's <laughs> oh. shooting blanks. Uh, mine is really topical. When does this show go up? Uh, the third. Okay, this is really topical. On June 6th, uh, there's going to be a DVC member sale. At the World of Disney in Florida. It's uh, going to happen. You have to be. It's between 6.30 and 9 a.m. And they're going to have uh, door busters. Cast members will announce these special sale items at certain times throughout the event. I'm sorry. This year, all door, or all door busters will be on display and marked with yellow labels or yellow balloons. I, this is really small font. This is Bob font. <laughs> Where did, did Bob print this out? Do you want me to read it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, like, do you want me to hold it for you? No, in, yeah, really. Uh, hold it out there. In keeping with our review of uh, Treehouse Villas, um, Disney Vacation Club members can take part in a Disney Vacation Club member-only sale at the World of Disney. What does this have to do with Treehouse Villas? They're a vacation Disney Vacation Club property. <laughs> oh, okay. You didn't see the tie-in there? At the World of Disney in downtown Disney, it's going to take place from 6.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. on June 6th. There will be uh, doorbuster uh, selections uh, ranging from $3 mugs and $2 Mickey Mouse ear hats to select kids' apparel items priced at $9 and under. Um, So mark your calendars if you're a DVC member. You're going to have to show your DVC member membership card in order to participate in it. And you're also going to have to get up at 5 a.m. Crack o' dawn. Really? For a $2 Mickey Mouse ear. Yeah, really. For seven more bucks, you can get the real ones. I'll sleep in for that. <laughs> well, thank you, Kevin slash John. Yanni. And then keeping with your up story, I'm just so topical to this week, I can't stand it. Luxo Jr. is coming to Walt Disney World. And we're the crickets. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know who that is. No. You will when he, still in the prize, Matron. You will when he tells you, but who knew? Okay, no event. crickets there either. Luxo Jr. is the hopping desk lamp that is the mascot of Pixar. Oh. It was the original short film that got them started, and also you see that in all of the Pixar openings as he well. Right. the eye. Uh, Disney officials confirmed that a six-foot-tall animatronic version of Luxo will soon take place. Re- will soon take take up residence at Pixar Place in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, he'll be on an elevated platform on the lighting building across from Toy Story Mania. There's no official release date of when he will be out there. Who knew he had a name? What's his name? Luxo Jr. Mm. <laughs> Apparently there was, there was a Luxo. There you go. <laughs> I'm thinking of a Luxo Sr. All right. Well, thank you, Jan. Teresa. Alrighty, mine is Tweezer. Tweezer. Her voice changes. Did it change? Yeah. She's her oh my god! Voice. It is. 
I'll stop. It's okay. her Judy from Time Life voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Typhoon Lagoon and what's the other one? Blizzard Beach have a residence only special going. After 2 p.m., you can get an all year pass for $59 for Florida residents. Either park, both parks. All year, $59. After two. <laughs> I love when she recounts. Yeah, really. No matter how many times you say it, it doesn't get any better. You know, but that's a, if you got kids and you're here, you know, send them over to the park. Did you get a voicemail with that? <laughs> you remember, I did. That is I heard it on the radio water. this morning. You can go tubing. <laughs> go tubing. All right, well, thank you, Teresa. Corey Martin. I'm going to talk low so I don't wake Ferris up. I'm kidding. There's the uh, there's a new summer concert series at Universal Studios. It takes place um, Saturday night, June 13th through July 4th. Uh, June 13th, it's going to be Jordan Sparks. June 20th, LL Cool J. June 27th, Natasha Bedingfield. July 4th, the OJs. Okay, this- who the heck are the OJs? Oh. <gasps> oh. I think she needs to be taken are outside. Are they fans of O.J. Simpson? <laughs> no, the O.J.'s are... You're kidding, right? No, no, no she's not. It's before her time. Oh, my gosh. So is Beethoven, but I've heard of him. Well, okay, well... I mean, I've, heard of some, I've never heard of these people. Stretching the analogy there a bit. Matching suits, dancing. Yeah. Here's a photo, no. Julie. 70s, 60s. Does That's that probably not really... Oh, they were disco people? No, they no, were... No, pre-disco. They were never really disco, no. They no. were just... Oh, no. They don't ring a bell. Is that really what they look like? Don't you know nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is going to be taking place at the new um, music plaza they built over there, which is really, really nice. Uh, It's included in your daytime admission, and also if you're an annual pass holder or seasonal pass holder, uh, it's included in that. Cool. The first couple people were pretty big names. Yeah. Yeah. LL, he's always at Mardi Gras, so... Apparently he has nothing better to do than perform at Universal. <laughs> and Natasha Bedingfield has that annoying song about a pocket full of sunshine. Oh, my God. oh <laughs> is that her? Oh. It isn't saying much that I think Jordan Sparks is there. I'm, gu- I'm guessing her career isn't going quite as well as they yeah, hoped. Yeah, that song, that tattoo song was just so horrible. <laughs> and that, and her ripoff of Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield oh. song. That Battlefield song she did. Well, this is like going head-to-head with the uh, Sounds Like Summer concert series where they have... Um, you know, fake uh, the cover bands, fake cover. Yeah. I think that's so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like Bon Jovi. Slippery when wet and Bjorn again, and yeah. <laughs> and this takes place at nine o'clock. So just if you're in town, cool. Thank you, Corey. Walter. Okay, I have one. It says, "Hold on, speaking of incredibly small font." Walt Disney World has finally reached a deal to add Orlando International's airport busiest airline to the popular Disney Express, at least on a trial basis. Beginning today, Disney and Southwest will launch a pilot program in which guests staying at Disney's Pop Century Resort and flying Southwest will be able to check in their bag and drop off their luggage before departing OIA. The goal is to eventually expand the service to Southwest passengers staying at other Disney resorts, though Disney spokesperson says there's no timetable in which to do so. Um, Every other major carrier has is part of the Disney Magical Express, and now they're trying to add Southwest. So. Any idea why it's taken so long for them to get Southwest? Because, you know, they are. I mean, Southwest is the largest carrier into Orlando. 
and they seem to be the holdout. Southwest, it seems, because you don't Southwest doesn't come up on a lot of the online booking engines. It might have to do with the open seating. It might that might throw yeah, off computer systems. That's true. I like how it's only for people with blue eyes whose last names begin with S. So yeah, like a pop century, basically. Who are right-handed? What a weird restriction, isn't it? Well, I think they're just testing it out to see if there's if there's any, you know, that's what it sounds like. It's a trial basis. So who knows? Like you said, the most popular carrier. You think it'd be? You'd in there. think by now, yeah. But you'd be wrong. All right, thank you for that, Walter. And I have one. Um, Disney has come up with um, a new way for everybody to spend some money at Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. Starting June 1st, you can rent one of four premium spaces within each water park. Premium spaces include the personalized services of an attendant, private lockers, all-day drink mugs, coolers with bottled water, comfortable lounge furniture, tables, (laughs) and rental towels. And this is the part that I loved. The attendant will offer hints and tricks to make the most of your visit to the water park. <laughs> Go and in the water. <laughs> Go tubing. Go tubing. <laughs> and he'll assist with food and drink orders for the party. Food and drink items are an additional cost except for the included all-day drink mugs and bottled water. At Blizzard Beach, you need to inquire about the polar patios at the Shade Shack merchandise location. At Typhoon Lagoon, you go to the Beachcomber Beachcomber Shacks at the High and Dry merchandise location. Premium spaces will accommodate six people and cost $250 plus tax for the full day. Advanced registration is not available right now, but is expected to be offered through 407-WDW play in late summer. And this is for if you're having a, a special event? Or no, just, just I, first come, first serve. I think it's kind of like a like getting a cabana. Did you, did you say it was $250, $250 for the day? $250. And it doesn't include any food? No. Just for, for, six can, for, for six people. No, but your lackey will run and get you soda. And it doesn't include your admission to the park for no. $250? No. This is like a VIP type cabana thing. It's like a you cabana know? at a pool. It might be cool pool. for a teen and five of her friends or something, you know, to have that little for her birthday or oh, something. Oh, I can see bragging rights because there's only four of them in each park. So people are going to brag when they get one of these or that's going to be like the status. Well, you know, the, the spot in the water parks, I mean, that's prime real estate. You, you, need, a, you need a good spot to... To set up your stuff for the whole day. So was that a good spot? Was that yeah the location she mentioned? Yeah, I mean they're covered patty. I don't know exactly where they are, but I'm I assume they're pretty nice. The existing uh, shelters they have, they probably have it roped off. Uh, talking about renting a cabana makes me want to go back over to like the Hard Rock or Portofino and just. I don't really see them like fussing over you. It's just you get a nice oh, for two hundred and fifty dollars. I'm going to want fussing, and you yeah, get comfortable furniture, but. I'm going to run that dude around like crazy. He's your personal attendant. In a what do you think I should do now? <laughs> <laughs> now, Pete, the cabanas at Hard Rock, do they charge by the hour or the day? I think it's you, half day. It's half day and full day. Yeah. And what do they run? That's going to run, well, depending on the time of year. And um, those don't include food. They they bring fruit, don't they? they, they you get a, you get, but you get a refrigerator, a television. Right. Yeah. You're in a covered cabana with a, a ceiling fan. You have a table and chairs. I mean, so plus the dude who runs and gets you what you want, and you got the runner getting you everything you want. So, yeah, I would say. Well, they're Disney's giving you free bottled water. <laughs> <laughs> well, sign me up. <laughs> serve alcohol at the uh, yes at the water parks. Yeah. Oh, really? 
I read your mind. We'll see how uh, we'll see how that goes over. Well, thank you for that, Kathy. All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on to our first segment. Julie Martin has some information for us on some of the baby care stations you'll find in the theme parks. Julie, what do you have? Um, I just want to say, because people have suggested this many times, it's something we always plan to do. It's been several people, so I couldn't pick just one person and say, oh, you know, pick a number. So I just wanted to let everyone know that, you know, I'm not ignoring you and the fact that you did suggest it. <laughs> well, we've had this conversation before. People think, well, I've suggested that Corey and Julie do what it's like to travel with a baby. This is a logical step. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah, like, oh, you've got to be a little more creative than that. Yeah. <laughs> These are so, things we're going to do anyway. Um, we covered Epcot and uh, DHS, I've been calling it, <laughs> Disney Hollywood Studios, over the weekend. Um, Epcot, it's located in the Odyssey Center, which is between Test Track and the Showcase Plaza, you know, over towards Mexico. Um, there's stroller parking right out front. You're not allowed to bring the stroller inside to the center. But this is a very large baby care center, in my opinion. I haven't been to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom yet. But when I walked in, I was very impressed. So tell, tell people what a baby care center is. I mean, It's a place where you can go if you have an infant, an, even an older child. I saw children all the way up to age 10. You can kind of take a rest, cool off, change, eat. Um, just a place to relax and get your kids out of the heat for a little while. There are five separate rooms in this one. There's a play area, a feeding area, a very large changing room. There's a private room for nursing mothers, and it has an actual door. Um, in that area, there are four rockers and two small tables. It's very dimly lit, which is good for a nursing baby. kind of relaxes them, makes them more comfortable. And then there is also the play area. They have books, there's a television, a couple of toys, and a small table and chairs. It seats four children. And then there's several other chairs in the room for adults or older kids. And then they can also color here. And they have like a little show wall where you can tape and hang the kids' pictures. You don't have to carry it with you around the park. (laughs) Um, There were a lot of families in here, uh, in and out. I was there for about an hour, just kind of taking photos, you know, letting him rest because we've been out in the heat. And we were also meeting Anna. So we just waited there for her. There's a feeding area. There are about five high chairs and this is a pretty large room and there are some other chairs seated around as well so you can sit feed the baby there's merchandise in this room as well just a few things um socks t-shirts hats and like a baby mickey and Minnie stuffed toy these are all for purchase not they, just for you to yeah, use while say, you're they, there they miss no opportunity <laughs> to sell you something do they that's right now, in the changing room, there are four very large changing tables. They're nice and padded and cushiony. There's a spot for your baby bag. And they're so big that even if you had, like, a three- or four-year-old child who wasn't quite potty trained, you could put them up there comfortably and change their diaper. Wow. Were there steps leading up to it for the kid to climb up no. there? No. You'd have to pick them up and put them up there. Because I've seen them like that. Where, yeah. Where, you know, they walk up there themselves and yeah, change. Yeah, so... And then in the kitchen area, they have a sink, a microwave that you can use, a water cooler, and then you can also purchase any baby supplies that you might need here. They offer things like um, Gerber baby food, juice, pacifiers, and bottles. They have Carnation Good Start formula. So if you use a different formula, you might be you know a little wary of that, but I guess anything will work if you have a hungry baby and no food. Huggies, diapers, and wipes, Pedialyte, Johnson's baby powder, and lotion. They also offer children's Tylenol, Motrin, Mylanta, and Benadryl. These are all for purchase, though. And then they have a small selection of sunscreen and adult medica- and medications. 
and then bowls and baby silverware are also available so you can feed the baby the baby food or cereal whatever they're eating at that time you'll also find a men's and a women's restroom several stalls in each so the whole family can take a break go to the restroom and then all the cast members that Ferris and I encountered were super nice and friendly. Um, we had a nice time the whole time we were there. The other parents and their children were also very nice. And um, I actually had to share my diapers. This family came in with a seven-month-old child, but she was smaller than Ferris. She had been premature. Aww. And they only had size three and four diapers. If you know anything about diapers, size three or four, they're huge. They're for a much older child. So I gave him two of my size twos, and they actually needed a size one. Wow. <laughs> and he tried to pay me. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm happy to share. I'm like, you know, take these, because they had no diapers. Poor things. Dad must have been in charge of packing the diaper bag. <laughs> I have a question to ask you. You mentioned a microwave, and that piqued my interest. We've been in the parks when that was a necessity, and there's not a microwave anyplace else in the park. Would, is, would other people be allowed? I don't think they would question you at all. Okay, good. Even if you walked in and you didn't have, you could just say, I just need to use the microwave. I'm sure they would be like, okay, that's fine. That's nice to know. Because they were very accommodating and welcoming. So I even let Ferris get down and play on the floor for a while. Now, the Disney Hollywood Studios Baby Care Center is located inside Guest Relations, which as you enter the park is directly to the left by the little movie land small gift shop. This is not a place where you can really relax. The one at Epcot, you could spend an hour in there and not feel like you're in the way. This one, it's like get in and get out because it's super small. Hmm. And But you can bring your stroller into this one, which totally confused me because it's so much smaller than the one at Epcot. So once you walk in, there's a main room with a television, a sink, and a microwave. And then off of this main room, there are two nursing booths. I call them booths because they're like the size of a telephone booth with a rocker and a small table and only a curtain for privacy. So if someone else were to come in there and there's not like a sign that says like... Um, occupied or not occupied and mm. okay you know, so just room for the mother and the, infant. and the infant what if you have a toddler with you exactly. what do you do with the toddler i have no idea because the toddler the is not going to pay no attention to the woman room. behind the curtain <laughs> you know yeah that wouldn't be right but there are two of them but in my opinion you know if you're a nursing mom and you want a little more privacy than that you know maybe go into the restroom in the handicap stall because someone may walk, you know, open the curtain and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, plus a lot of people would nurse just in the regular room. Would they stop you from doing that? No. I don't, I don't think, think so. Would. It depends on how comfortable I've seen people are, doing it on I benches. Think. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. It just really depends on your comfort level with public nursing. Right. Poor Teresa still tries to nurse Stella. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the main room, the two small nursing booths, and then a changing room that only has two changing tables. They're the size of the ones at Epcot, so they're still rather large. And there is a sink, like, to wash your hands. And then there's a children's bathroom, a small little bathroom with a tiny little potty. Oh, aren't they cute? Tiny- <laughs> and it says potty is for children only. So if you're an adult and you need to go to the bathroom, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Um. <laughs> You'd never get up off that little toilet because they're so little. Yeah, the they floor. are pretty yeah. tiny. And then... If you want any baby products for yourself, you're going to have to go outside to the Movie Land gift shop and get these for yourself. But they do not offer as much as the Epcot Odyssey Center. They have the baby food, the formula, diapers and wipes, some Pedialyte, Balmex, pacifiers, and some children's medications. They do not actually sell the bottles at this location. Whereas in Epcot, if you totally forgot everything, you can buy an actual bottle for your baby. So, of the two, Epcot is the much better one um 
Disney Highwood Studios, I would avoid it at all costs. It's really? Weird. It's weird how there's such a big difference. I yeah, know, I'm too. surprised. I actually spoke to a mom in the Odyssey Center, and I asked because she said she had been to several of them, and I asked what she thought, and she said that Epcot has been the biggest, but that she thought Animal Kingdoms was pretty big, too. Um, Anna said that the one at Magic Kingdom is a pretty decent size, but she said that it smells. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, it's babies, you know, poop, whatever's going on. It, it might have a... And there's probably a lot more influx of people into that one, I would imagine, because you have a lot more smaller children in that park. But we're going to go over and check those out pretty soon. We'll report on those. Um, but take advantage of the one at Epcot, for sure. The one at Epcot's much more centrally located also. Yes, it is. Yeah. I kind of found it weird because I looked on the map at Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, and those are... I wouldn't say Magic Kingdom is more by the Crystal Palace, which is still not central, but, I mean, most people pass by there. And then the one at Animal Kingdom is right by the Tree of Life. Isn't that what it's called? They're right yeah, near yeah. the first aid yeah. stations, too, aren't <laughs> yeah, they? Usually by the yes, first aid normally stations. they are. What were the price of the sundries and stuff? Did you notice that they were uh, ridiculously priced? No, it was about the same price that you would pay in the grocery store, because I asked the girl about how much everything costs. Still. Maybe just a little bit more, but not like outrageously overpriced at all. It's good to know. Just be aware that they're not going to always have your size diapers. You know, you may be strapping a size three to your size one child. How many cast child. members were in there? I saw um, two shift changes while we were in Epcot. And there was only one cast member at a time in there. But in the Disney Hollywood Studio Baby Care Center, no one actually was in the room manning it. The people in guest relations, like when you walked in, they're like, oh, go right. on in. It's okay. Yeah. So there's not a cast member in that one. Which I can tell you if you need a handicapped accessible restroom, that there's one of them in each of the uh, first aid stations also. If okay. that was something you needed. Yeah. So there's really not a lot of room in that in the DHS one. We were in there with one other family and I felt like we were crowded. That's so surprising that there's such a difference between the Epcot and the It's like a closet. Hollywood Studio. Like. Really? And you bring your stroller in. Right. It's, and that's what I also did Because people- there's no parking out in front for the stroller, though, is there? Because you're right there at yeah. the entrance. Yeah. Oh, it's in my not opinion, they a, should move it. It's not down that little alleyway? No. In that courtyard? It's, oh. That alleyway, the courtyard, that's the first aid station. So we actually went back there first thinking that's where it was. And she said, no, go back. It's inside guest relations. And I'm thinking, what? And so when we got in there and I saw what a tiny little space it was. So you walk in and it's off to the left. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen it. Yep. I think they should have a spot around the great movie ride in I, that building. Yeah, yeah you They think. should Something clear out a bigger located. space. I think they need to close that one down, expand their guest relations office because it's kind of small. And move that somewhere where you can have the four or five big rooms and make it comfortable for as many people as you have in your parks, and especially with small children. Yeah, exactly. You need a better one than that, in my opinion. I'm sure they can find a janitor's closet somewhere they can convert. <laughs> right. You can get rid of that Western scene in the great movie ride. That part's boring anyway. Or what used to be that Narnia thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Narnia exhibit. Wasn't that... Uh one man's dream now? No, it's kidding. next to the one man's dream. Oh, was it? Yeah, I'm sure they've got space in one of those sound stages somewhere. They could do something somewhere. They could. They really could. It's just, it's ridiculously small. Oh, cool. And from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Keep people in the parks. Yeah. You don't want people leaving to change the kid or doing all that stuff. Keep them in the park. See, it's just too uncomfortable to have my baby here. I got to go. Right. You know? So, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. Very enlightening. We're going to move on to our next segment. We're going to talk about the new Treehouse Villas. 
at Disney Saratoga Springs. We were over there yesterday, June 1st, for the grand opening of the villas. And I'll start with my impression of it. When I walked in, I was like, wow, this is cool. But being there for a little while, I was like, okay, I want to go back to Fort Wilderness. Um, Seven hundred dollars if you're if you're renting the uh, if you're renting it for cash during peak season at least it's going for seven hundred dollars a night, which is the cost of two cabins at Fort Wilderness, and I think you get more out of the two cabins. I found them very very small. I thought they were too small for nine people. There wasn't enough seating area in the living room for nine people. I think small for nine people, but they were cozy, though. They are cozy, and, they're co- and they have a cool factor to them. Yeah. I mean, you know, these uh, these were part of, what was it, the Disney Inn? Is that what it used to be over there? What was that? Originally, yeah, the Disney Inn and then the Disney Institute. This was part of, you know, these were part of Actually, the Disney Inn. Actually, the Disney Inn, Inn used to be um, Shades of Green. Okay, these that's right. These were part right. of the Gulf ha- Course Villas. Golf Course, Golf course right. Villas, right. right. I, okay, I knew I was getting my old resorts mixed up. Sorry, um, oh, you're right. But uh, you know, these were back. In, you know, originally back in the '70s, were popular. Um, as a matter of fact, they kind of kept the decor for the long, a long time. Um, that I, and I know they used these at one point. They used them to house college some, program. A, a college program kids. Actually, mm-hmm. I went to a party there several years ago. For somebody that was in the college program. Oh, really? Somebody I worked with knew somebody, and I wanted to go just to see inside of the Trios Villas. But um, and they're not; they're, they still have a very '70s look to them, in my opinion. I don't think they've. I know that's new furniture, but in my opinion, it's still got that sort of '70s earth tones, earth well, colors. They've, they've certainly been very, uh, very updated. I mean. Uh, Obviously, everything's all brand new. Uh, I thought the furniture was comfortable. The beds were comfortable. Uh, they, uh, you know, nice, nice kitchen, you know, galley kitchen. Uh, it was just, I couldn't get past the price point. Now, granted, these are part of Saratoga Springs, which makes them part of the Disney Vacation Club. And you can use points uh, for these. Uh, points range... From I'm just quoting for a week now. Points range from uh, 243 to 415, depending on what what time of year. Um, and I got and it's it's the same number of points as you would uh, spend on a two bedroom vacation home uh, at Saratoga Springs, which sleeps eight. These treehouse villas claim to sleep nine. I wouldn't put nine people in in this in that unit. The only thing that seemed spacious to me were the bedrooms. And I don't mean spacious in that they were huge, but they were comfortable at, by hotel standards yeah. for bedrooms. What I thought was small was the actual living area. We we were in there the other day, and the living room, dining room, because these are sort of – they're basically round. I don't know if they're octagon or how many sides there are to it. So the living room is sort of a round space, and it meets the dining room. And Teresa and I were talking about it. I was sitting at one end of the dining room table, and I, there's no way I could see the television. The built-in section completely closed it off. How many people would you say if you were watching TV? Three? Five, four, maybe. Four to four, five. Maybe, I was thinking yeah. five. Yeah. yeah. But that's with nine people. And I think back to the last couple of weeks where it rained biblically every day. Right. And what would nine people do in this unit? 
the living room, the living area to me was almost just a walk through to the bedroom. Yeah, well, I mean, also each bedroom, each of the three bedrooms had a same, the same size television as they had in the living room. So, I mean, technically, you know, if somebody wanted to watch one thing, somebody wanted to watch another, you could do that. Uh, you know, and and again, I thought they did a, a great job decor wise. I thought it was, uh, you know, tastefully done. There was nothing tacky or or. or uh, you know, I think all of the finishes were extremely high end. Mm-hmm. They had high well, they end granite nice. in there. The it was solids, the mm-hmm. even the, the, the stonework in the bathroom is extremely high end. But again, like I said, it, after that initial "Wow, cool, we're in some place that's different and new in Disney," we all kind of went. Oh. Oh. I find them kind of isolated. You guys went to the pool. Did you find a drink station if you bought a refillable mug, or do you have to walk over to Saratoga? You've got to walk back over, right? Let's talk about logistics for a minute. You have to check in at Saratoga Springs. You have to go to their front desk and check in. Carriage house, yeah. And um, one of the things they told us was there's only parking for one vehicle. They weren't kidding. So if you have more than one vehicle, her suggestion was um, for someone to, for people to either walk over to these, which just wasn't going to happen, or for you to come back and shuttle people back and forth. They could park at Saratoga Springs main parking lot and then you can shuttle people back and forth. I walked from the unit over to where they suggested that you park trying to get to a bus last night. And did you just get here today? It was a 15 minute walk and I walked walked pretty fast and I did stop to take a few pictures but 15 minutes to the bus stop and then I waited 15 minutes for a bus and then 10 minutes on the bus to get up to the check-in building. Mm. But it's a 15 minute walk so if you wanted to go out to your other car it's like an expedition. Right. So now you've checked in at Saratoga Springs there, the carriage house check-in desk. Now you're driving down the road, and you're going to pull into the, the Treehouse Villas area. There's no guard shack there. It's only entry with a key. Right. So if you're thinking, well, I'm just going to go over and check it out and see what it looks like, you can't. you got to have a key to get in. We had, uh, just through serendipity, we had a handicapped accessible treehouse you want to talk about handicapped accessibility? In it? my opinion, handicapped accessibility means that the handicapped person or the differently abled person is able to access something on their own. Handicapped accessibility to me doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have an assistant. To get up onto these elevated tree houses, there's a ramp. And unless your conveyance vehicle is motorized or you have tremendous upper body strength... This is a very long ramp. There's something in the ADA about how many feet of ramp you have to have per feet of elevation, and I apologize. I'm not smart enough to know. remember what that is. However, this ramp is very long and, in my opinion, steep. I can't imagine most people being able to do that by themselves. Now, I also think this is a home away from home. So let's say the handicapped accessible or the person who's in the wheelchair now goes to the grocery store. How did they get their things up to this room? And I realize that most people don't travel alone and there are possibilities and stuff like that. I just think to myself, I, if I was the person in the wheelchair, I would want access to it myself. Right. There is a, it's a very long uh, ramp that's built out of the same material that the decks are built out, built out of. It's beautiful, really well done, really nice. I would say it was a good 100 feet. Oh, it was a runway. It was. Of ramp. 
easily. Yeah. There were places where it sort yeah, of leveled off, which you know you could sort of make your way up and then stop at the leveled off area. It was still a trek. Now, once you're inside the unit, the unit is handicapped accessible. Now, if you have a couple of people in there, I think someone in a wheelchair is going to find this space tight. Just because you need places to turn around, you need access to things. One of the bathrooms did have a roll-in shower with a seat in it. I just think the spacing is tight. Very, very tight inside. And also, our unit, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was specifically because that's how they had to set up the handicapped uh, tree houses, seemed at the furthest point from the pool and the furthest point from the walkway to Saratoga Springs. We drove all the way around back yeah. to get to the one pool. Drive. So it just seems it's logistically it's kind of difficult. Now, Pete, how close are you um, when you're staying at Fort Wilderness in the cabins? How close are you to the dining areas and stuff like that? Well, again, you know, with Fort Wilderness, you have two options. You have either your, you rent a golf cart at $60 a day or you use the bus transportation. Uh, how, and how close you are all depends on what loop you're in. Uh, you know, some loops are clear on the other side of the of the park. I, when I was there, now, granted, I did not spend a lot of time outside, but we all stood outside for, I'm going to guess, a half hour while you took pictures. I might be overstating that. Let's just yeah, say it was a half way. hour. In the entire time I was in there, I saw one bus go through. Now, this is also a very narrow drive in yeah. through there, so the buses aren't zipping through and stopping in there. I only saw one the entire time I was there. So I found in when I was over in Fort Wilderness, the buses came a little more regularly. If you're going out to Hoop-de-Doo, you have to take the buses. And I found them to be a little more regular. This seemed kind of isolated. I found the, the setting to be beautiful. You really do feel like you're in no, a trip. No, absolutely, yeah. You're right on the Sasagula River. Is that what it's called? Not yeah. all of them. Not Some all of them. them. We, one, were. We, we were. We were right along that. And that... You could see the boat transportation go by, so that was very cool. What was it like at night? We didn't stay. You guys stayed overnight. Well, first of all, we had trouble with the air conditioning. The air conditioning wasn't working properly. We thought it was us when we got there. We no, thought it was too no, many it people wasn't. in here. Walter, tell them your experience calling in for air conditioning support. Okay, so when we got back from the pool, it was it was 80 degrees. So I, I started um, trying some different things with AC and finally got it down to 77. So I thought, okay, it's working. But then once it hit 77, it quit, it quit cooling. Yeah, 77 is not okay for me. So I, I called them. <laughs> I made I, it like 68. <laughs> and I said, you know, my AC unit is not working. I need someone to come up here. I said, you know, it's, it's pretty hot in here. And the, the woman was talking to a guy on walkie-talkie. And I said, well, how long do you think it will be? And I, I know he didn't think I could hear him. And he said, we got a lot of people. Just tell them we'll get there when we get there. Ooh. Yeah, isn't that nice? $700 a night, isn't that pleasant? Okay, so ready to. I was ready to go insane. <laughs> so I wait. I try. I try when I when there are scenarios like that. I tr- uh, more and more. I'm trying to let him deal with them, so that I don't have to go take blood pressure medicine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, carnival ape crazy. I believe is the expression you came up with, and I think it is appropriate. I stole that from someone else. I can't take credit for that. So then we waited about thirty minutes. So then I called again and just said can you give me a time frame of how long this is going to take? Because it was already 10 o'clock. And so, once again, he didn't think I could hear. And he said, tell him it's going to be an hour or two hours. And I'm thinking, I'm supposed to... So he is not talking. I'm talking to the girl. And I said, you know what? For $700 a night, this is not acceptable. And she said, I know. I'm sorry. And she was doing everything she can. I said, that's fine. So I hung up and called the front desk. 
I said, I'm having a hard time here with maintenance. I said, I'm paying $700 a night to be here. I'm sweating my ass off, and I can't get maintenance up here. They said they'll get here when they get here. And the guy said, sir, did they tell you that? I said, yes. He was on a walkie-talkie. He didn't know I could hear him. And he said, tell him we'll get there when we get there. I said, that's not acceptable for what I'm paying. And then someone came 20 minutes later and had it fixed. And it was it was great after that. But for opening day and a place that costs that much money, you shouldn't have to jump through hoops like that just to get air conditioning. That was just wrong. Something else I found out there, I have AT&T service with my iPhone. And I found service out there to be really spotty. And I don't have trouble anyplace else on Disney property. I did there. I had trouble making and receiving calls. Yeah, well, I mean... Just generally, I found the service at Saratoga Springs to be wanting. Um, I found the attitude of the cast members to be wanting. Uh, I found the quality of the experience staying in a treehouse to be wanting. Uh, $700 a night? Absolutely not. If you're, if you're, if you're thinking about a treehouse villa because you have enough people, um, go get, trust me, trust me on this one. If you're paying cash. Now, if you're using points, it's a little different because the value in terms of the dollar value is different. You're not... I would say, you know, if you want to check it out, check it out. But if you're talking cash, take that $700 a night. Go get two cabins over at Fort Wilderness. You'll have a much better experience. You'll have a much better uh, uh, location. And uh, I think you'll find that Fort Wilderness is just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Saratoga Springs to begin with. I think of all the themes they could have come up with for a resort, Saratoga is probably one of the worst. Which you know, what's next? Newark. Um, <laughs> the problem, though, is that you know Disney's Newark Resort. The problem, though, is that it's sort of this cartoonized version I'd of like, Saratoga. See, I, I, I'm like I'm a familiar. Grand in the Elizabeth Refineries uh, building. I'm I'm I lived a half an hour from Saratoga, and Saratoga is. It was one of the nation's first resorts. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And they have sort of cartooned it down a little bit. Right. Well, and I'm sure Saratoga in and of itself is a beautiful place. But we were saying this before the show. When people stop and think, you know, where do I want a vacation? You don't hear all that many people go, oh, we got to go to Saratoga. You hear people say Key West. You hear people say the Caribbean. You hear people say, you know, different places like that. I get the boardwalk. I get old Key West. Uh, I get Wilderness Lodge. I don't get Saratoga. I don't. I just don't get it. And it's to me, it, it just feels like I don't know. It, it's, I don't it's, think the theming of that resort was. How do I put it? I don't think that was the main focus. I mean, I think the main focus of that resort was we're going to build another vacation club resort yeah. in this location, and then that's what sort we of got all the space, right? And that's what sort of came out of the germ of idea. Getting back to the location of the the tree houses, as we drove around, and John and I drove around two or three times. Now, again, granted, we've had a great deal of rain in the last couple of weeks. I think someone said between in two days we had 16 inches of rain. These tree houses are set up off, what would you say, 12 feet off the ground? At this point in time, it's a swamp. Once you leave the road... You're in a swamp. Every one of them we drove around had water underneath it. Yeah. And I asked you guys, did you see? Did you get mosquitoes? Did we you? went to the pool last night, and if you were on the uh, the hot tub, was sort of separate and right next to the woods, and there was the big um, tiger mosquitoes there. Yeah. And yeah, I think there was like I think I killed like four of them. That's when I headed back to the room because I got eaten alive at uh, 
I got eaten alive at Fort Wilderness. To be in the swamp, okay, in, in all honesty, there wasn't as many as I thought there would be. But there were some mosquitoes. Yeah. The other thing I found, and I think it was Teresa, was it Teresa or Kathy we were talking about? Outside of each villa, there's a, a barbecue. And yeah. the ground, it, the ground that's not swamp, is covered with a thick layer of crispy brown pine needles. It's like that over at, uh, it's like that over at Fort Wilderness, too. So, uh, it seemed to me to the be. the barbecue at the place y'all stayed was right under the deck, right under the ramp. Which I thought was kind of bizarre. Yeah. There was a fire extinguisher underneath there. But well. that does seem like a weird arrangement. Because I said, if they're dry now, yeah. what are they going to be like when we have no rain? That's kind of what I was saying. I was just trying to put myself in that position. And I thought, Do they have fire extinguishers outside of Fort Wilderness, outside the cabin? Not that I noticed. So but you did have, have a hose. Yeah. So yeah. A hose could put out. Did we have a hose? Yeah. Supposed to. Each I never saw one. I actually was there one day and watched people washing their cars outside of their Fort Wilderness unit. Okay, uh, yeah, the, I just that's something I would have looked for per se. But um, so overall, I think uh, I give it uh, I give the tree houses five out of ten. Um, I, I I really can't go much higher than that between the service um, and the just I don't know. There's just they just did not appeal to me. I was comfortable enough to sleep in. I won't say that they weren't comfortable. The beds, in, you know, but so is the contemporary. I think for the same size, in my opinion, Old Key West has more ambiance, far far more to offer, more services. It just, I, I don't, I didn't care for them. I, I didn't would, care for them 10 years ago either, though. I would suggest any of the other DBC resorts over Saratoga. Saratoga is dead last on my list in terms of DBC resorts. And the Treehouse Villas, like I said, if you're going to be paying cash, just get two cabins at Fort Wilderness. You'll have a much better experience. Yeah, all the other resorts that I've been to, you know, in the short time I've been here, you want to get out and walk around and see what's going on. Here, put me in the car and get me in the building and back. All I kept thinking was, who, who brought Cutter? Yeah. And what, what is that a weed? What is that down there? Is that going to cause me to itch? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to appeal to a certain... Mm-hmm. Demographic of people. I also think that this is going to be one of those things that you're going to see on sale a lot. You're going to see AP rates. You're going to see Florida resident rates. They're not going to fill these up. Not right away. Week after, well, not right away after the the newness of it and the excitement of it wears off. But eventually, these will be the things that will go on sale. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's our our take on the Treehouse Villas at Saratoga Springs. We have photos of them on the site. We do have photos on the site. All right, our final segment this week, Kevin Close has his review of the Turf Club Bar and Grill, keeping with our theme of Saratoga Springs. Kevin, what do you think? Um, It just so happens that John and I had, that was our review. Even before we thought about staying at the Treehouse Villas, we had done a review of the Turf Club a couple of weeks ago. It just so happens that we all ate there yesterday, so when I'm done, I'm going to ask you what all of you thought. Our first trip to the Turf Club, now, I remember when Saratoga first opened, and again, I've told you, I lived just a couple of minutes away from Saratoga. I'm very familiar with it. So I looked all around the resort, and it's kind of cool for me because they've named the places after places I actually recognize. In what I remember was there was a little bar outside the Turf Club where you could get snacks. This was um, 
I didn't. I had never known that there was a restaurant there. I don't know if that restaurant was added after I was there the first couple of times. I just didn't even know it existed. So we stumbled upon it recently, not even knowing it was there, and we decided to have lunch. And it was midday, and the turf club just isn't busy midday. And we walked in, and there seemed to be a great deal of fuss about where we were going to sit. There were people who met us at the front desk, and even at that point, they decided to put us in a corner, a dark corner in the back of the restaurant. And one whole side of the restaurant is windows overlooking downtown Disney and the Lake Buena Vista Country Club. And I said to the lady, is there a reason we have to sit in the dark corner? Can we sit in the window? And she sort of rolled her eyes and they have to go back to the front and rearrange things in the computer. Because moving from one side of the restaurant to the other apparently involves everyone in the building. So she finally came back and said yes. John and I ordered, the first time we ordered, we ordered a bunch of stuff like we normally do. We ordered a crab cake. We ordered the soup, which is baked uh, goat cheese and tomato soup. And we also ordered the buffalo chicken breast nuggets. Oh, now you know something? My menu is different from what we had yesterday. I have an older menu. I was just going to say. They've changed that to chicken wings. Yep. And the soup wasn't on there. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And everything was, it was, it was good. The crab cake was good. The soup was good. The chicken nuggets at that time weren't. They're, they had that really bright orange vinegar sauce on them, which I just don't particularly care for. But again, it was all serviceable food. Uh, for our entrees, John ordered the chicken breast sandwich, grilled chicken breast sandwich, with sun-dried tomato pesto, greens, and goat cheese on rosemary focaccia with vegetable slaw and or turf cub potato chips. That's thirteen forty-nine for a chicken sandwich. I ordered penne pasta with shrimp. Comes with artichokes, spinach, sun-dried tomatoes, olives, and garlic. Well, they brought our food, and John thought his sandwich was good. My food was, uh, you could get it with grilled chicken. I had it with grilled chicken. It was uh, $15.99. Right, I chose the chicken over the shrimp. My pasta had no sauce on it whatsoever. It just had sucked up any sauce that they had put on it. So after a couple seconds, I realized I wasn't enjoying it, so I said to the waiter... Could I have a couple of teaspoons of olive oil and some lemon? And he just sort of looked at me like I had, you know, spoken Martian. And he comes back out and he said to me, the chef wants to know why. I said, tell him none of it's none of his business. I just want some olive oil and some lemon. Well, finally, he came back out with the olive oil and lemon. And I mixed the lemon juice and the olive oil and mixed it up with some salt and pepper and put it over the pasta. And the pasta was good. It just had no sauce on it. Uh, I also remember when Saratoga Springs first opened that they served homemade potato chips in this little bar area. Potato chips were invented in Saratoga Springs, New York. And they made homemade warm friend, or, um, potato chips, and they drizzled them with a blue cheese sauce. So when I went back to this restaurant, I kind of had high hopes of getting these homemade potato chips again. However, at the time I got them, they were made to order. So they came out hot and crispy and with this blue cheese. They were delicious. They do serve Turf Club potato chips on the menu. However, now they're just potato chips. 
And I said, do they still come with the blue cheese sauce? And he said, no, I've never heard of that. I said, okay. Do you have any of the blue cheese sauce? And he brought out blue cheese dressing. So if you're a fan of just regular old potato chips dipped in blue cheese dressing, it's all right. If yeah, but not, they're still homemade potato chips, though. I mean, they're not just – they're like Lay's. I, I, to me, there was no big – they weren't all that great. This was the first time I went there. I didn't think they were anything special. I was disappointed that they had changed them. So that was my opinion of the first time we ate there. It was – I would only describe it as nondescript. Yesterday, we were all over at the Treehouse Villas, and the closest restaurant that served lunch, the least amount of planning and parking and walking into someplace, was the Turf Club. So what did you all think? I liked mine. Yeah, I enjoyed mine. Yeah. We, I had the grilled yellowfin tuna. We both did. Mm-hmm. I thought that was The really onion good. rings were out of this world. They were really, really good. Onion rings were awesome. And I enjoyed the chicken sandwich. I think it deserves a trip back just for those onion rings. Yeah. However. Hot, fresh, made-to-order onion rings, and they came with three dipping sauces. And, I, and you know what? It did, they did not need the dipping sauces at all. On, they stood on their own. However, I always, whenever I do this, I talk about the entire entire experience. Corey and Julie arrived at the restaurant first, and how many people did you tell them there were? Eleven. Well, that, that's including a stroller. So Ten people and a stroller. So they were there first, and how long did you wait? About five to ten minutes. Okay. For the rest of us to all show up. They seated us at a table for eight people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> In a dark corner of the restaurant. And the In lady... An empty restaurant. In an empty restaurant. Not a, right. We were the only table. And... At first, everybody was trying to squeeze in to these eight seats. And the end of the table, I'm going to guess there were two feet. And she said, well, someone can sit on this end. And I thought, oh, maybe Julie, if she pushed herself right up against the table. And I thought... And so we, we, we all became Tetris players. You know, what if we move that square over here yeah. and merge these two squares by the window? And I think it was me who finally said, can we have a bigger table? There's 11 of us, and we're trying to fit into eight seats. Why are, we, why are we doing this? And again, we all had to stand there while they went back and rearranged things in the computer. And Corey kept saying to them, we could put these three tables together all by ourselves. <laughs> there so, were like three women who were like 60 and over pushing these tables together. So I think to myself, did you not expect people to come? Did you not expect them to want to sit here? Why is this such a big deal? Why are we trying to fill the back end of the restaurant? So I, I, I thought the food was better this time. I agree with Julie. I had the same thing she did. I had this um, – actually, it's not on this menu, yeah. so there's been a menu Grilled change. Grilled yellowfin tuna. Remember, it had the sesame bagel sliced and toasted. Then we had like a cucumber salad with peppers and lettuce and stuff. And then we had the wasabi cream cheese. I thought it was really yeah. – I enjoyed it. It was a nice lunch. However, it was $19. Yeah, the pricing is definitely, I mean, the chicken sandwich was good, but you're right, for nearly $14, it's expensive. It is expensive. For a chicken sandwich, and, and the potato chips, although homemade, and we did put the blue cheese dressing on them, which they were okay, but uh, I remember um, over in Celebration, the place next to Celebration Town Tavern, the little cafe, used to do, I don't Max's know. Max's Grill. Max's Grill, right. They, I don't know if they still do, but they used to do the homemade potato chips with the blue cheese uh, it was out of this world so I know exactly what you're talking about no what they were serving yesterday did not stack up to that I think everybody I'm going to speak for everybody else and you can tell me if I'm wrong I think everybody thought their food was okay yeah I agree yeah, it, I was, it, was okay. it, it was not like 
oh god, I can't wait to come back here. Would any of you make a special point to eat at the turf club? N- no, no. Yeah. only if I could have that meal. Well, you can I really anytime. didn't want a sandwich, you know. I have hamburgers and sandwiches all the time, so I thought that's one thing that looked good to me. If you were going out to dinner, you and Corey, would you say let's go to the turf club? No. no. Okay. I guess my point is, if you're in Saratoga Springs and you're looking for a place to eat. This is okay. Yeah. If you're looking for, I wouldn't make this one of those places that I think, oh, I'm coming to Disney World. Let's go there. I'd I walk re- over to downtown Disney and find somewhere else to eat. Or I would widen my scope of that. I would say if you were maybe staying at uh, Port Orleans, if you were at a, maybe a moderate resort that didn't have a good sit-down restaurant, you might say, okay, let me head over there. I really enjoy it. I think I like, I like the setting of it. I like sitting by that window and looking outside. But you have to fight for that. Yeah. So what? <laughs> Honestly, I'm up the for only it. thing the only thing that would possess me to go back to make a special trip to go back are the onion rings. They were unusually good. And they did come with three dipping sauces. It was like a ranch dressing and then there was this sort of mango Chinese mustard thing that mango and mustard, yeah. Ca- no, and mango, mango and ketchup, mango yeah. and ketchup. Oh, whatever. It was really good. It was good. It was good, but you know like I said to me the dipping sauces actually took away from the taste of the onion rings. The onion rings on there were on their beer batter, onion rings. They were delicious. You had a special tea you enjoyed. Oh, no. They did a, a, a blackberry lemonade. Oh, okay. Lemonade with blackberry syrup in it, which is like, you know, sends your blood sugar through the roof. <laughs> but it was really good. Now, I didn't see the check. How many? There were 10 of us. Ferris didn't order. <laughs> no. And it was, nobody had alcohol. It was soft drinks and... A couple appetizers. A couple appetizers. I don't think everybody ordered an no, appetizer. No, I didn't. And it was an entree. And what was the check for 10 people? After the Tables in Wonderland discount and adding back the tip, it was $200. So it's $20 a person. A little bit more expensive than average for lunch on, on Disney property. I mean, service, The average lunch is about 15 bucks. was just okay. I mean, I asked for Coke. She brought me Diet Coke. So then I was like the last one at the table waiting for my drink. I'm like watching everybody else dying of thirst thinking, when is this lady going to bring my freaking Coke? <laughs> they brought Corey the wrong meal. Yep. And I could understand those things if this was a full restaurant. Yeah. We were the only people there. Yeah. Teresa, you got the same pasta that Kevin got the last time. Yes, I did. What would you think of it? It was a little salty for my taste with the artichokes and the sun-dried tomatoes and the olives. And mm-hmm. I put no salt on it. And it... And I, but I, mine had plenty of sauce, like you said. Yours didn't, but mine did. But just it was, a different experience. Yeah, maybe there was a different chef. So turf club for convenience, yes, but to make a special trip, no. I agree. That, that would be my up. review. That yes. would, if you're there and you're looking for a, if you're looking for a sit down restaurant for lunch, the very reason we went there yesterday, right? Which no, was, we walked through a different restaurant, right? To get that was to the that. fast food restaurant. That was their fast food. Yeah. Okay, so right. totally different food. Different right, it's a counter service counter location. Service. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. Thanks, everybody, for your segments this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Lee Cockrell says so, and so does the Orange County school system. Watch those amiibos. <laughs> Omibas. Omibas. <laughs>